1: For all all things ATL. ATL! ATL. For for, for everything Falcons. First to the end zone,
0: touchdown!
1: This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host,
0: Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's the Odyssey app, that's Spotify, that's Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, it is a Wednesday, and we are inching closer and closer to the Falcons taking on the Chicago Bears. We'll give you our first look here. In a couple of minutes, but before we do that, we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Bucs got a big win against the Seahawks in Germany in Munich. Julio Jones got his first, uh, well, Julio Jones, the first ever uh, wide receiver to catch an NFL touchdown pass. Um, so he made a little history there. But uh, we talked about a little bit of all that on Monday. But we're really going to talk about how this Bucks win impacts the, the 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 Falcons because look we talked about the next four games are must win and that Bucks game was always a must win for the Atlanta Falcons but I mean in the position the Falcons are right now Bo it really really makes it to where the Falcons got to be near perfect towards the end of this uh end of this schedule but we'll get into all that but before we do that
1: how you doing Mr. Squid Billy? Well look, I'm good dealing with this weird weather we've got where it's yeah. Really cold, <laughs> a little bit warmer, a little rain, a lot of rain. Uh getting colder again. I mean the temperature's dropped, I believe, eight degrees since I've been awake. Wow. Uh, it's it's now saying it's thirty nine outside. It was like forty seven when I woke up and why am I talking about the weather? Because he asked me how I am and the weather affects me. So um <laughs> But, yeah, look, let's get into this uh, with the Bucs. Yeah. Um, The Bucs game, like you said, was always a must win at the end of the year. It could be for the division. Mm-hmm. But, right. uh, you know, I've seen the numbers. There's like a 22% chance the Falcons make the playoffs. But, look, this division is not out of reach. Um, there's... There's some similarities in the schedules, obviously, because, you know, you're, you're always going to play the same teams for the most part. Um, everybody drew the AFC North in this division. Right. And uh, you're seeing that with, and the West as well, and the, and the NFC West, because, look, they just played the Seahawks, who we already beat, um, yep. and the Rams, so they're getting healthy against that you know, weak NFC West, not as weak as the NFC South. <laughs> but then you turn around and you got the Browns next. They got the Browns on Sunday uh, in, in two weeks or off this week. So you could be, you know, you could be kind of back in decent, decent position. Is um, there, they're five and five, you're four and six. You could be at five and six. And honestly, you got the body go, but they got to play the Browns, the saints, the Niners, the Bengals and the Cardinals before they get to the Panthers. And then us. so, the the bucks are not out of the woods i know that it's a manageable schedule but so is ours i mean our toughest game really is is the ravens that we have left uh not counting tampa bay so to say that this isn't something that we don't have that that we're in complete you know trouble is is not necessarily true now you could say hey well tampa looks good tom brady got divorced he's 2 and 0 which is great but it's not out of touch it's not out of Nope. But, you know, we're not done done, and that's why a lot of this conversation is being had is premature.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's whoa, almost dropped my mic there. It is almost it is very premature for anybody to be trying to have this Falcons com- this conversation that the Atlanta Falcons are done because look, the San Francisco 49ers are a team that's getting healthier and will be very healthy, you know, bar- obviously will be pretty healthy going into that game obviously barring any injuries, but you know, they, they'll they have Debo, they'll have Bosa, you know, they'll they'll almost be at full strength. I mean, no team's truly at full strength, but they'll be pretty close to near full strength um, when when they play Tampa Bay. And, oh, yeah, they'll have a guy named Christian McCaffrey, who they didn't have when we played them. So, you know, they'll be a much better team than even what we saw when we played the San Francisco 49ers. The Saints always play the Bucs tough. I mean, that pass rush loves getting the Tom Brady down there in New Orleans. So... That'll be a tough game for them. The Bengals are no joke, and I I'm not sure what the timetable is for Jamar Chase. I'm not sure if he'll quite be back yet. But still, even with or without Jamar Chase, that offense is explosive. So there are definitely some potential losses there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So like you said, they're not out of the woods yet. And for us, we already played those teams. We already played the 49ers. We uh we already played the Cincinnati Bengals. So. We are, like you said, in a very manageable schedule where there are a lot of winnable football games for us. So there could be some situations where Tampa Bay loses and we end up getting the win. And, you know, we'll need some of that for sure. But this is this is still a wide open race when we talk about the NFC South. There is there is no way that the, the Falcons are done yet. And, you know, look, the Bucks do seem to start to get things together. But again, it's any given Sunday and just like how they they they're starting to get things together now, there could be a game that throws them out of whack again. So again, the Falcons aren't done. They aren't out of it. They're still very much fighting for their playoff lives and, you know, it, it starts this Sunday against the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, the thing that re- that the only thing that really worries me about mm-hmm. Tampa is them kind of getting in sync. Right. But then you know that that's one thing, but then I guess yeah, I guess there's two things that worry me. But then our the offensive line play that we've had is is yeah. continued to to go downhill, right. and they've got a good defensive line. I think Shaq Barrett's out for the year, but they still have a good defense and they can wreak havoc. So that that poten- a potential matchup on the eighth would be a little bit scary because. It it could be for the division that you have it at home, but if their D line is starting to work and our offensive line hasn't gotten any better, you don't really know where you're going to be at. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's always sky is falling, and I think that's a (laughs) lot of fan bases. But this fan base seems to be a little more about it than others. We have kind of we don't have the oh, you know, we're we're this and they're not gene we have the we suck everyone's better than us let's tank gene which really is completely anti everything i am right. so you know in that aspect it that's what's been that's what's frustrating for me oh well, oh, Tampa one two in a row they're hot they're, they're done we're done <laughs> and this is not true i mean we don't know where this tampa team goes with the depth is injuries have popped up all over the place they got a bye week though they can kind of get healthy, maybe get on sync, but we've got to go take care of business. we got a, we got a bad football team coming in here who's really one-dimensional. Uh, yeah. Probably one, more one-dimensional than we are, and they, they should be anyways. Um, So we've got to come home and take care of business with the Bears team, and that's really the only thing we should be worried about. How can we protect our guy the best instead of, you know, well, Tampa's good now. They're going to win it all. I mean... You know that that's the that's the the defeatist attitude that I, I've never really uh, been able to get behind. But look, I think there's still some good opportunities there. Go win your next three or four games. You need to. I think you need to win all four. But if you're three yeah. and one in these games, I think things are looking pretty up for you. So go get yeah. three and one going into what the Arizona game. Yep. And uh, or, or the Baltimore game. Excuse me. Oh, I believe it would be. Okay. And um go get three and one, go get three and one there. And, and, and you're, you're going to be a team that, that's in pretty decent shape. You know, you finish with the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Cardinals and the Bucks. Your last three games are against potential playoff teams. So yep. if you go get your next three or four games, you got a chance for 10 wins, yep. nine at the, nine at the worst, you know, you're going to be, if you do that, I think, so you got a really good chance. And there's no guarantee that the Bucks are going to just turn it on and 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 win out. So Ooh. you got to go play like that. The the wild card apparently has been written off by most people, but I still think there's a good chance for it. So just go handle your business and, and 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 see where you're at.
0: Yeah, if you win these next three four games and you're setting yourself up setting yourself up to potentially get ten wins, the wild card is still even open. For you, everything would be would be in front of you. So the only way you can scoreboard well, you shouldn't even really be scoreboard watching because you have to take care of your business. If you don't win your football games, then it doesn't matter what Tampa Bay is going to do because you're not even winning your football games. But I, I we're not going to quite get into Chicago yet, but I want to make this point because you, you triggered it a little bit in a good way. I see all these people talking about like Justin Fields and how good he's been. And I don't want to say, I'm not trying to bash on Justin Fields, but I hear the talk about all how good he's been. And now, you know, the talks are starting to surface that, oh, well, uh, you know, you know, we the, the Falcons picked Kyle Pitts over Justin Fields and this, that, and the dirt, and blah, blah, blah. Can we, are we just going to look over the fact that even though Justin Fields has these numbers the Bears are on a three-game losing streak still. So they've been putting up points, sure, but they've still been losing the football game. So, like, all those numbers are great. But guess what? The team is 0-3 in their last three games where Justin Fields has been on this great tear. They lost 31-30 to uh, this past Sunday to the Lions. Then they lost 35-32 to against Miami. And they gave up 49 points to the Cowboys. So I say that to say, like, Okay, Justin Fields getting all these numbers, but they can't they can't stop anybody. They can't stop a runny nose right now. I mean, they don't. So what are we talking about here? He's putting up all these numbers. That's great, but guess what? Is are they getting wins or losses? So what does it really matter at the end of the day? So I just I I saw that this week on in certain places, you know, in a certain cesspool of a social media platform. But anyways, um, the Falcons do have to make sure they take care of their business, starting with the Bears. Keep that losing streak going for Chicago, you know, and and start your own winning streak back up and get to your winning ways. There are definitely avenues and and, and places where you can take advantage of this football team. So it's going to be very important for the Atlanta Falcons to step on this right foot on this very, very important stretch they are on. They got to start off on the right foot with a win against Chicago. And I guess since I now said all this stuff about Chicago, we can go ahead and take our first look at the uh, Chicago Bears, which. That'll be the first thing for me, Bo. Is that they haven't been able to stop anybody. Like, they've given up 30 plus points in the past three games. I just gave you the numbers. Like, they, while they're scoring points,
1: they ain't stopping nobody either. Well, look, that's great. They're giving up points to other teams, Mm -hmm. but you're coming off um, two lackluster offensive performances, which is all the fan base sees. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't give a damn what, what, what they've done uh, on either side of the ball. Uh-huh. Uh, it's about what it's, it's about us. See, right. that's the, that's the thing that always drives me nuts is it's always, well, they're this and they're that, you know, or, or they're not that good. Or I, I don't care about them. It's about mm-hmm. us, about us, It's about us going out there and executing about us going out there and playing the best four quarters. So the fact that their run defense is twenty-eighth in the league. I don't care. Mm. The fact that we're fourth in the league. You know what they are? They're first in the league in running the ball. And until Oops. until the last three, two or three weeks, we were the eighth best run defense in the league. And now I think we're the eighteenth. Let me go check. Oof. Uh yeah, now we're the eighteenth. So we mm. went from the eighth best run defense in the league to the to the to the eight to the eighteenth. Well, that's where I'm worried about. I'm worried about the fact that Dante Foreman gashed us last week. I'm not worried about the fact that had Justin Fields is playing like it's Tommy Fraser in the mid-90s in Nebraska. <laughs> I don't care about all that because that's what he's doing. If people yeah. want to talk about Justin Fields and we should have had him, our damn offense wouldn't have looked any different, guys. Nope. Because Arthur doesn't want his quarterback to run that much. If he did, Marcus would be running for 160 yards a game because if, Mariota is They're – they're very different styles as far as their running style. You know, Justin. Justin is a physical player. He'll. He's a bit. He's. He's a big dude. Uh, not to say that Marcus is a big dude too, but Marcus yeah. won't. Marcus is more of a gonna. I'm gonna put moves on you and get by you, like we saw him do uh, a while a couple weeks ago, and and I, I think it was the. Uh, oh, it was the. It was the Panthers game actually. Yeah. Two. Uh. Uh. uh two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, so, so that's that's the kind of player he is more. And Justin wants to run you over, but Marcus could run out there and have 170 yards a game too. But if you go back and look, the Chicago uh, don't the London and Piz, Yeah, that's fine. That's great. I get we have London and Pitts. They have players too. They have a uh they have a, a pretty damn good tight end themselves and and uh Cole Komet, who mm-hmm. is by the way a second round draft pick out of Notre Dame uh and third year guy. He's a pretty pretty good player. Uh Komet was um, one of the top, top tight ends when he came out and they got a former first from Nikhil Harry. I know he didn't do much in, in New England, but he's still, he's still a guy. They got Chase Claypool. So, yep. Mooney too. they got, uh, Aquaman, St. Brown. who's a guy that can play. So they're not, they're not, you know, they've got David Montgomery and Khalil Harbor. Their offense isn't brutal guys. Their offensive line isn't very good. But it's not like they don't have weapons. Guys that can no. that can create issues. You know, the more you look at their offense, the better they look. So, I don't care. The, 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 Justin Phil wouldn't do be doing anything here necessarily that he's not doing there. The offensive line play is still bad. They're running right. the ball well. Still would have been, you know, bad offensive lines can still run the ball. It's just part of it. They're, because they're more of a power offensive line. But they still can't pass or take, just like we can't. So, Let's stop talking about, and that might have, I might have gave too much of a pre, you know, talked too much about them there, but it's not like Justin Fields would be tearing the put setting the world on fire if he was over here. That's right. the problem with this, you know, it's it, we it, the ultimate team sport is the NF is football, football in general, um, and but we make it out to be like it's a a a, a hero game, an individual game, and it's not. You, know, you can plug in a center fielder and change the trajectory of a team. That's why, I mean, the Braves kind of did that with Michael Harris yeah. when he was the Rookie of the Year. Shout out to Michael Harris. You don't necessarily, you know, plug in one player, and then all of a sudden your team goes on fire. The Niners drafted, for, uh, drafted they traded for Christian McCaffrey, but they've also gotten healthier. And yeah. Bozeman, like, their health is it's improved too. It's not all one thing. And mm-hmm. And, you know, Jeff Saturday... Took over for the Colts and he won his first game, but a lot of things went into that. What yep. did Saturday do? Saturday immediately tweaked some 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 styles on the offensive line, according to reports. He 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 brought Matt Ryan back. He put more an emphasis of of running the ball again with Jonathan Taylor. And and, and those things matter. He also brought a small somewhat of a culture change to the Colts. All those things were factors. It wasn't like he was the only thing that changed, which right. is more about it being a team game than just one person. I mean, you know, you can look at Washington, who we play in a few weeks. Carson Wentz gets hurt. They've started to play better with Heineke, but it's a multitude of things that Heineke is doing that they're has gotten their better. It's not just the quarterback play.
0: So let me ask you this, because... Like we said, the the bears, like you said, the bears have been pretty one dimensional in, in their past few games. Is as we really take a first first look, is stopping the running game of the Chicago Bears is that really going to be? I know it's not going to be the one and only key, but is that really the major overarching key? Like, if we hold the Bears to like what, say maybe even like a hundred and. Thirty rush yards. Is, is that is, is that looking like a win for the Falcons? So is is the main thing to stop the Bears' running game? I mean, is that is
1: that the main key? No, I mean, uh, just on their offense, just on the from the Falcons' defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. No, to me, to me, the 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 key is to keep. You got to keep Justin Fields contained Mm -hmm. and I don't care if he gets out on little you know seven the 10 you don't want him to but it's more about he's hurt teams by getting out for long runs explosive plays with his feet I mean it wasn't an explosive play but you look at the touchdown run uh in the red area he had last week Mm -hmm. all it was was Fields kept the play alive and then he got outside of that pocket and he re- he made something happen because he he has a special talent with his legs. He's just, you know he's he has some special talents. There's no doubting that he's got he's got good arm talent. He can make all the throws as far as arm strength is concerned. And he and, and he's a powerful runner. But that being said. Look, the biggest thing about him is he's extending plays and they're turning explosive. You can't let him run for a 70-yard touchdown like I think he ran for last week or something like that. Um, You know, his passing, his rushing numbers are elite. I think it's not about their team as a whole, but it's just keeping Justin Fields from creating plays with his legs and extending plays and kind of containing him. Make him beat you from the pocket. That would be a key to me, and you can't steal that for Friday, by the way. But that oh, nope. will be my key All yours <laughs> is, is make Justin Fields beat you from the pocket because I don't know if he can. I don't know if he's good enough in the pocket to beat you. And I think if we can do the other – on the other side of the ball, do the right things, I think if you can keep Justin Fields from, from beating you with his legs and keep him in that pocket, you know, you can maintain your pass rush lanes, you know, make it hard for him to get outside and run around. And you should be able to – you know, he's going to, they're going to run some read option, um. you know, make him, make him give that ball up, you know, um, and then worry about Montgomery and Herbert on your own.
0: Yeah. I, I think, and to, to, to add to your point about how dangerous Justin Field is when he extends the plays, it's not just, you know, him extending the play by running the ball, like you said, he can get out and extend the plays. And then once he gets out in the open field, then he can hurt you throwing the ball too. I mean, last week we saw him throw a deep uh, touchdown pass to Cole Clement and Cole C- uh, Clement was actually wide open on that play. And that was not necessarily because of anything that maybe got schemed up, but because Justin Fields and how he extended that play. So it's not just him extending the play by, like you said, making a big explosive run or, you know, just running with the football. But if he can extend the play and get outside the pocket, those receivers and, you know, receivers can get more and more open um, by Justin Fields extending the play, too. So that's really why you don't want him extending the play, explosive plays, not only with his legs, but he can do it with his arm as well outside of the pocket. Now, what you said, I think can be true. If We keep him contained inside the pocket where he has to make a read and he has to be a little bit quicker of, of decision making. Then I don't know, you know, how he's going to look. Um with that because we, you know, we haven't really seen him have to do that these past three games. So making him have to do that is, is going to definitely be something for the Atlanta Falcons there. Um, But switching over a little bit offensively wise, this again, this, and I know we don't really, we don't care about what the, what the defense is doing, but I feel like for the Atlanta Falcons, this could be a good, a good game to not only get back right in what you're doing and your execution, but to really get some of your confidence back as well when when we talk about this Falcons offensive line. Because again, you know, without Khalil Mack, you know, without without some of their other guys on defense, I mean, this is a a defensive line and, you know, a defensive, you know, uh unit that you don't really fear that much when you talk about the Chicago Bears. So I feel like this is a very good opportunity for, the the Falcons offensive line. that's really just the Falcons offense overall to kind of get some get back and and really take a nice step forward and get their confidence back
1: when we talk about what this Atlanta
0: Falcons offense can really do.
1: Yeah, and look, the the guy on their defense that so your eyes should all and my um my preview of their defense will just be a, a quick look or first mm-hmm. look will just be really about Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Um Eddie Jackson is the best player left on this defense. Um that hasn't, you know, like gone the way of Khalil Mack in the offseason or or Robert Quinn and uh yep. and, and and uh Roquan Smith earlier this year or just a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. But Eddie Jackson is a problem. This is a ball hawking player. This guy has fourteen interceptions in his career. He's got ten forced fumbles. Uh, he has six touchdowns in his career in his and in six years as an NFL player, where um you know three pick sixes and then uh, he's actually returned three of those fumble recoveries, so he is, you know, one of the best secondary players in the NFL, and it's what you expect from an Alabama uh, secondary guy. And he was there in the heyday of Alabama's defense. This guy can play, and so that's that's the one that scares me because Marcus, you know, if they if, if they are able to get some pressure. Marcus is the guy that'll that'll that he's pressed lately. And yeah. I don't, you know, I, I you don't want him pressing and throwing a, an interception to an Eddie Jackson and changing the game, maybe it's a pick 6. You know, with a ball hawker back there, you got to kind of have your head up and your eyes open and and got to pay attention to where Eddie Jackson is at all times cuz this guy can make plays. He can for, he's a turnover machine. And it's uh it's something you got to be aware of. Yeah, so
0: definitely have to look out for, for Eddie Jackson. But I mean, as far as this 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 offensive line goes, I mean is the Again, we, we kind of talked about this on Monday. Is there anything not I know it's not really anything different schematically wise, but you know, just how you were talking about. You know, Jeff Saturday. He, I, I don't think there are any personnel changes going to be coming unless you know guys get healthy. I know we're still missing Elijah Wilkinson and then um, um uh, Matt Hennessy and things like that. But there is there any type of tweak? Is there any type of tweak? Whether it's you know, uh, like a wrinkle here or there, or is there anything differently that can be done for, as far as this standpoint of uh the offensive line being more successful? Or is it really just guys just have to play better.
1: Well, yeah, sure. It's just, i mean, it's always simple as when you're one-on-ones or when you're yeah. matchups. Do your do your damn job. That's right. that's absolutely <laughs> the that it's absolutely that simple. Yeah. But that being said, you know, look, being successful on first down and having success running the ball is how this team has won four games this year. Right. And it's how they're going to win the rest of the games they win this year. It's how they're built. Um, so if you can get out and get a little bit of early success against running the ball and now see how they adjust, I would imagine they're going to come out like other teams have and try to stop the run by, by loading up, by Mm -hmm. dropping, you know, six, seven. Well, I mean, you're always going to have, you know, like seven, eight guys in the box. And if they do that, then you, then it's up to, to, to Arthur to to kinda of change that. He did that sim- he did something similar with the Chargers where he started running on the perimeter and he started gashing them that way. Mix in some mix in some quick hitches or maybe a, a wide receiver screen or something. Get the ball out of Marcus's hands real quick. I think the short maybe go to tempo to get the short yeah. passing game going. And uh all of those are things that that maybe you can do to get this offense to some some confidence in rolling and maybe put the Bears on their heels. I wouldn't mind the first drive if, you know, depending on how the toss goes and depending on who, you know, it like if, if say, if, if the Falcons lose the toss and they get the ball first because maybe the Bears defer, I wouldn't mind going to a, an up-tempo there to start the game. Get them caught in a – maybe get them in a heavy set run the ball first time, now go up tempo, right? Maybe you get four or five yards, boom, let's go up tempo. Let's keep this heavy package on the field, and let's start dinking and dunking a little bit, wear these guys down a little bit early, make them go ahead and dive into their second win. and maybe maybe you find a little rhythm, a little momentum, and you can kind of keep in that, and maybe it kind of gets these guys woke up. It was, you know, uh, I, I think slow starts have, have, have been something that's kind of hit us lately. So don't let it, you know, get off to a quick start and maybe you can kind of control uh kind of control the, the the game there and kind of the style of play and maybe you can start to wear them down.
0: As we wrap up here, I kind of want to get I want to get your thoughts on this too because what I want to see from the Atlanta Falcons, you talked about wanting to see them go up tempo, you know, coming out if if the Bears do defer and we're on offense first. I definitely agree with that. The other thing I want to see is And this is over actually the entirety of the game. I want to see Cordell Patterson get some more carries. I mean, he has been obviously one of your best players, not just this season, but these past, uh, this, this past, these past two years, he's been, you know, a spark plug for the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, I realize that Algier and Huntley have definitely earned more carries. I'm not disputing that at all because they played very well during Patterson's absence. However, and, and I know, Cordell, you've been kind of bringing him back from injury. So, you know, maybe that's been the reason for it. But I want to see Cordell Patterson in full swing uh, this week. I want to see him at full throttle. I want to see him back to, you know, to his usual sub. Not to say that he hasn't been, but I want to see Cordell Patterson with more, more carries, point blank, period. I want to see Cordell, because, I mean, with five carries, it's, it's almost kind of hard to get in the rhythm when you only have five carries. Because, you know, at running back, it's kind of a rhythm thing. You know, you, you can't just have one or two carries and come out, you know, then sit out for a couple of plays, one or two carries come out. I, I want to see Cordell Patterson in there maybe for, for maybe not quite a full drive, but most of a drive so he can get a feel for the game, so he can get a rhythm going, and he can bring some energy to this team because we saw it last year and at the beginning of this year. As Cordell Patterson goes, this offensive line goes, this offense goes, and like you said, getting the run game going, that's going to help out the passing game Even more as well. And I feel like, even though Algier and Huntley have been great, we, I feel like we need kind of that energy, that spark, and that extra physicality. Not to say that Huntley and uh, Algier aren't physical runners because they definitely are, but it just seems like things are sometimes different with Cordell Patterson. Like it just hits different with Cordell Patterson. So, one thing I definitely want to see is I want to see Cordell Patterson get more involved in the run game and really just in the offense period to start the game off, whether that's, you know, Maybe throwing him some screens again, getting him a couple of more uh handoffs and get him some more carries than you would maybe to start the game. I really want to see them get Cordell Patterson going to start the game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, six six touches is enough. I need him involved in the passing game. I, yeah. I don't know do why it. you can't get any like some, some little shallow drags, quick, quick right. slant routes, get get him involved and get Marcus kind of rolling. I think that could really neutralize the pass rush but yeah cp's got to touch it i just think there's a way to have him have more touches without right. taking touches away from 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 the other two guys yeah. um but it's a balance and it's hard and and when you're mm-hmm. going when you're when you're behind the chains on first down every time uh you know mm-hmm. and, and you're three and out it, it you know is you just don't have those up op- those opportunities go away you know in in chicago you can bet your butt they're a team <laughs> the way they play. They're gonna take, they're gonna, they're they're gonna limit your opportunities because they want to run the ball. That's one that they're the leading rush. See, that's one of the reasons why the Falcons want to run the ball. Part of it is that you limit opportunities for your opponent because you control the time of possession. You run that clock. Now, now you're you cut possessions out when you do that, and, and I, ironically, you do it for yourself. So yep. it does limit your own possessions. But these are two teams that are going to want to limit possessions for each other, and, uh, while controlling the clock. So it's going to be a fine line. But look, we can get into some of more, more of some yeah. of that more on Friday. Friday,
0: that's when we will talk to you guys next. As we will go ahead and wrap up this episode of Peace Street Football, we will continue to take an even deeper dive than we did today. Into the matchup that is Bears versus Falcons. We'll give you our keys to the game, our matchups to watch. And like I said, I promise Squid Billy, I won't take I won't take won't take that one he already gave. <laughs> but we will talk about it all on Friday. But until then, make sure you guys like this podcast. Make sure you download the podcast. Subscribe to Peace Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify. That's the Odyssey app. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you just got to search P Street Football, and we'll be right there for you. So, for Bo Morgan, it's Dylan Matthews. We are P Street Football. Until we talk to you guys on Friday,
1: peace. Peace.